It's Talk Back Arizona with Bill Brady on 1100 KFNX. Let your voice be heard. To talk to Bill and all of Arizona, call 602-277-5369 in the Phoenix Metro. Statewide, call 866-536-1100. Good afternoon. Bill Brady of the Post of Arizona, 1100 KFNX. Will Bangura is with us. He is the owner of the uh, Phoenix Dog Training Academy. Uh, he is also the host of Pet Talk Live every Saturday here on 1100 KFNX from 9 to 10 a.m. Uh, it is a fascinating show. Um, was listening a couple of, a couple of weeks ago. We had two consecutive calls from Tucson, and as I recall, one of them was a, a a dog that had some anger issues. And the way you walk this woman through it, and the way you interpreted the the impact and import of everything, she she said was absolutely fascinating. But welcome, good to have you here with us today. Good to be here. A little different now being on the uh, other side of the table with a different <laughs> microphone. You want to switch? No, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> you know, there's less pressure. Less pressure. Now, I had uh, I'd asked you to come on uh, yeah. there. Um, there was a um, a piece in USA Today. Um, this goes back to to the fall. We we had originally intended to do this, I think, in late October, late October, early November, and then the election and everything following happened. Uh, but th- let me start not with the story, but you've mm-hmm. you've done an awful lot of dog training of all types. What is it that people should understand about how a dog is trained and what they are trained for as a police uh, dog uh, in service to the to the police department? Well, maybe when it comes to where we're going with this with, with the story, because we're also going to be talking about the canine handlers. Um, very few canine handlers ever train a dog, number one. They get the dogs, typically law enforcement uh, will get dogs from a kennel that specializes in importing uh, dogs with phenomenal working lines uh, from Europe, and they will do the training at the particular kennel or facility. And then typically somebody from the Department, whatever law enforcement agency it is, will send somebody down to the kennel and they'll run the dogs through the paces, the kennel folks, and they'll decide which dog that they want. And one of two things happens. Either typically uh, the canine handler will travel to where the kennel is and will be there maybe for a week working with the trainers and the dog. Um, and then they run them through a test and they get certified, okay, uh, as a police dog uh, and canine handling team. Um, and the problem that oftentimes happens is that a lot of people don't realize that those dogs that the kennel picked for doing law enforcement work were not the best dogs that they got. Really? The best dogs that they got were sold to people that are doing protection sports and are huh. competing. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's something they wouldn't want 
to be let out, first and foremost. I'm sure that that's something they don't want to be public, okay? But they're not getting the best dogs in the first place. And typically, if those dogs are what I would call washouts, okay, then they're not that stable. You need to have a really, really stable dog in protection sports because, you know, if if a police dog is sent out to apprehend a bad guy and does bite them or make some mistakes, okay, um, other than lawsuits and things of that nature. But if, if they're hitting the right person for the right reasons, okay, and, and most dogs, police dogs, do a halfway decent job doing it. But if they make a mistake versus making a mistake in competition, I mean, the, I mean, we're talking a dog that might sit uh, a quarter of an inch crooked you're going to lose some points, okay? So imagine what happens when they start doing searching and bite work, okay? There's all these little things that, that they could be scored off of. So they're not starting with the best dogs, and the canine handlers aren't trainers, okay? The other thing is that... Can I interject? Yeah. Just a, now, the, before the canine handler comes on the scene... Mm-hmm. Has this dog been trained somewhere as a yes. police dog? Yeah. So the kennel that went and got the dogs from Europe, okay, they're training the dogs up, okay? And they're going to have them from the time that they're puppies, maybe about eight weeks of age, and they're going to train them till they're about a year and a half. And then, like I said, somebody from the law enforcement agency will go down to the kennel, They'll take a look at the various dogs. What is what is that law enforcement's need? Do they need a, a single, double, or triple purpose dog? So what that means is, you know, some dogs are trained um, triple purpose. They detect narcotics. They detect bombs. They also do patrol work, which bite work is part of that. Okay, um, some uh, departments might just need a dog uh, to do patrol and bite work. Single purpose dog. Maybe they've got a dog that just does uh, narcotics or bombs. You got a triple purpose dog. Um, there's two ways to look at it. Either that dog's really good because it can excel in three different areas, or um, I've got a dog that doesn't highly excel in one area. Uh-huh. Okay, um, I'm spreading that out amongst three different areas. Um, but the kennel is the one that does the training of the dog, and they do go through a vigorous training process. It's not as vigorous as people who compete in protection sports. Now, you oftentimes hear these stories of military dogs and that there's these great relationships with military dog handlers. Is is that true, and how do they differ from the police dogs? Yeah. So with and, – and last Saturday, we, we had uh, uh, Travis Hall from Second Chance Canine, a Green Beret a canine handler for tours in Iraq. Um, one of the things that's really different between, I think, the relationship between military and their dogs versus law enforcement and their dogs um, is that there's a lot more discipline and structure in the military when it comes to uh, continued training with the dogs, number one. So they're much more involved with the dogs, okay? Um that's their job all day long is to deal with the dog. Unfortunately, a lot of municipalities that have police dogs um, have budgets that are not the greatest, and they've got that canine handler, that 
police officer who's the canine handler 95% of the time just doing patrol work. Well, if they're out on patrol 95% of the time, where's the time to be training this dog and maintaining that dog and having excellent communication skills between the law enforcement handler and that dog if that handler's out doing patrol all day long? To what extent is the handler trained? Like I said, initially the handler will go down to the kennel where the dog was trained and do like a one-week course, a handler's course. The dog's already trained, so it's basically saying, okay, it'd be like Bill, it'd be like me um, handing you uh, a new uh, iPhone 12 and just going through, okay, this is how you work this, this is how you work that, this is how you work that. Now show me how you do that. And they'll do that for a week. The, but here's the problem. It's an animal. They're going to make a mistake. These handlers don't have the training. Okay, when the dog's not doing what you want, how do you get the dog back to where you want it to be? Yeah. I mean, yeah. they pick up a little bit over time. You know, obviously they're going to learn some training skills, but they're, they're mediocre at best, the canine handlers, as far as their tr- ability to train the dog. So in other words, the, the canine handler doesn't go through a two-year course before they no. get the week with the dog. They no. just get the week with the dog. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Will Bangura is with us. Uh, he is the uh, owner of Phoenix Dog Training Academy Incorporated and the host of Pet Talk Live every Saturday from 9 to 10 here on KFNX. Uh, over the last uh, years, we have uh, uh, seen all the coverage of the police incidents around the country. Uh, USA Today printed a report, uh, part of their series, Mauled, about the damage that police dogs inflict on Americans. And I asked Will to uh, come in and, and join us for this program. When we come back, I, I guess the incident, the one that occurred somewhere in uh, in the uh, Maryland uh, area, uh, that's the one that was the, the one that they put uh, most of the emphasis on. When we come back, I want to get your uh, – we'll talk about the basics of that incident, and I want to get your thoughts as to what happened there uh, and I, I think I can probably say, and you correct me if you think I'm wrong, the newspapers also don't exactly get this right either. Nor does uh, the Marshall Project that does have a little bit of a bias. Okay. We're back in a moment. It is uh, Tuesday afternoon. Bill Brady on the Pulse of Arizona, 1100 KFNX. Can you really, uh, off that note... <laughs> Can you really believe the news? Fake news, if possible, has gotten even worse. If you're really tired of cable news, you need to check out Newsmax TV on all the major cable systems, or you can just download the Newsmax free app on your smartphone. Newsmax is also free on TVs like Samsung. LG and Vizio just download the free app. And millions of people watch Newsmax on Roku, YouTube, Pluto, Zumo, and more. So watch Newsmax tonight and see big shows with Sean Spicer, Greg Kelly, Lindsay Keith, Stinchfield, and Rob Schmidt. Newsmax is exposing Joe Biden's and Nancy Pelosi's shocking agenda. So tune into Newsmax. If your cable doesn't carry it, call them and tell them you can go to another service that does. Uh, plus, download the free Newsmax app 
and go to Newsmax.com for online news and tune into Newsmax TV. There's a reason 30 million Americans watch Newsmax all the time. Let your voice be heard. It's Talkback Arizona on 1100 KFNX. Call 602-277-5369 in the Phoenix Metro. Statewide, call 866-536-1100. We are back, Bill Brady and Will Bangura. Will is the uh, head of and the owner of the Phoenix Dog Training Academy and the host of Pet Talk Live every Saturday here on 1100 KFNX from 9 to 10 a.m. I asked Will to come in uh, today uh, with all of the emphasis on the human police officers. Uh, USA Today did a story about uh, uh, an incident in Maryland. Uh, if I can uh, give a summary of it, and then, Will, you can uh, kind of take it from there. There's a woman by the name of uh, Ayanna Brooks. She has a Siberian husky by mm-hmm. the name of Neptune. Her boyfriend or husband works in a restaurant or bar, so he gets home late. They decide to take the dog out for a walk. Uh, they let the dog off its uh, leash um, in uh, in a, a park, and then suddenly the area is filled with police cars uh, chasing, I guess, some suspects in a in a crime. Uh, a uh, police handler uh, gets out of the the car, lets the dog Drogo off the. In fact, they, they refer to it as uh, butt naked with uh, no leash, no harness. Uh, and, uh, Drogo goes after, uh, this woman who was the dog owner out just on a peaceful walk that night. Uh, what happens from there? Well, what happens from there when we, uh, actually when we go through the article, uh, one of the things that they talk about is that, um, the canine handler supposedly, um, had alerted that she was going to be sending her dog. However, uh, the victim, I think she claims otherwise, that she'd never heard that. The victim does say that uh, the police canine handler said uh, as soon as the dog came out and was not on leash, that the dog ran around the car, which when I hear that, I think the dog's not complying to commands. The victim says that the canine handler then says, Drogo down. And apparently she was, the canine handler was not able to be able to have control of the dog. Um, the dog starts going after what we think are several male subjects that allegedly, uh, were stealing a car, carjacking, something like that. Um, and one of the officers, and I, I can't tell by the article if it was the canine handler officer or whether it was one of the other officers that was at the scene, but they pushed uh, Brianna out of the way. And at that time, she lost her footing and fell against a hedge. And uh, as she slid to the ground, she saw Drogo, the police dog, uh, bolting towards her. And uh, she said that she knew that this dog uh, was, was coming for her. Um, and, of course, the whole reason we're talking about is because rather than bite one of the assailants, uh, Drogo ended up biting an innocent bystander. Um, she got bit in her um, leg, and the canine handler was unable to get the dog to release 
from the bite. Um, and then Brianna attempted very smart thing she actually did was uh, she knew to try to get her thumb way in the back of the dog's cheek area back where the, the rear molars are and really push in there. If, if you were to do that to your face, it, it's very tender there. It's like a trigger uh, point. Um, and the dog opened its mouth, and at the time, they were able to pull the dog away. Um, so it ended up being where there was an investigation. She ends up uh, suing the municipality. Uh to make a long story short, um, the dog eventually is retired from service, and the canine handler um, resigns her position. We don't know exactly if that was the reason why. Um, in the article, though, there were a couple things that I looked at. You see, in my business, I'm looking at people come to me and say, hey, I've got a behavior that I don't want, I don't like. I need you to stop it. Well, first thing I need to do is figure out why did the behavior occur? What were triggering factors, okay, because things don't happen in a vacuum. And so knowing about these police dogs, they got very high prey drive. Anything that's moving quickly, they're going to want to chase and bite, okay? They need that drive to be able to do the work. You know, if you got a couch potato, not going to make for a good, uh, <laughs> not going to make for a good police dog, you know. Um, but so... When we've got these dogs with really high drive and things are moving quickly, if we've got, say, an individual running out of the way of the dog, near the dog, it's very possible that that dog would go in the wrong direction, going after what's moving that's closest to them. Let's say that we've got somebody that is an innocent bystander that does that and starts screaming. Sounds like wounded prey. Again, a dog could go that direction. In this particular case, what I saw looking at the article was that when I read an officer pushed her out of the way, she lost her footing and fell against the hedge, and then she sees the dog coming towards her. I'm looking at the dog's point of view that may have seen the police officer engaging in what the dog thought was hostile behavior from the victim because the police officer pushed her out of the way. The other thing is when she fell to the ground, of course, there's that movement, but when she fell to the ground, these canine dogs, when they're working and when they're training, they're typically running from a far distance. You know, you've got a 50, 60, 70, 80 pound dog coming at you like a bullet and latches onto you, almost everybody falls to the ground. So now that whole scenario of falling to, we got somebody falling to the ground, um, there was an altercation with another police officer. So these are some of the things that the dog, you know, might be looking at in terms of black and white cause and effect associations, why he, you know, bit the wrong person. Um, dogs are going to make mistakes. But I always like I tell my clients is that your dog will never be better than you. And these canine uh, police dogs will never be better than their handlers. Let me ask two questions here. I'm going to try and get two in. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you're, you, this, this is uh, incredible. And I hope people are, are listening and following very careful, carefully because the detail is just incredible. Two questions. Can a bad handler in effect, breed is probably the best, not the right word for it, but can a bad handler imbue 
poor response from a dog because the handler is just communicating indecisively and then the dog becomes indecisive? That's one question. The second question is when you let a dog out of a car at a, in a, in a intersection, a small park or something like that, and there are two or three people that they're chasing, as well as this woman here who became the unintended conquest, how does the dog know who to chase? That's going to come down to training. The first question, the answer to that, absolutely, the dog's only going to be as good as the handler. And if you've got a poor handler, you're going to have a poor dog. You could have the greatest trained dog in the world. If you've got a poor handler, day after day after day after day, that training is degrading. Okay. Um, as far as how does the dog know who to go to? You've got to train with so many scenarios, multiple scenarios where the dog is taken through simulation. You know, our law enforcement officers, not the canine officers, but they go through simulation training all the time. You know, how, how they're going to go into a, a, a home or a building and clear that and go after somebody. With a dog, we need so much repetition and training. It's a muscle memory. When they're in that high drive state, they're in fight or flight. They don't have the ability to use their thinking part of the brain, which is limited in the first place. They're in the amygdala. They're not in that neocortex thinking. It's all instinct. If you have not trained to the point in so many different scenarios that it has become muscle memory for the dog, it's easy for the dogs to make a mistake. Um, the Again, it comes down to training. And if a dog doesn't have that sophisticated training, um, deploying the dog, sending the dog out in a situation where you got a lot of people around moving around, um, that's a handler error. But the handlers aren't trainers. Would they even know, looking at it from what's going on in the dog's mind, that that's an issue? Yeah. It's... Um that's a problem. We'll come back, talk more about this. Uh, Will Bangura is with us. He's the uh, owner of Phoenix Dog Training, host of Pet Talk Live, Saturday mornings uh, from 9 to 10 here on 1100 KFNX. We're talking about police dogs. When we talk about police reform, we talk about uh, police excesses. Um, here is a case that uh, is not as simple as it may look, uh, but a case of where a police dog uh, went after the wrong person and the wrong poor person wound up with 21 stitches. We're back in just a moment. If you have comments or questions, we'd love to hear from you. 277-KFNX or 866-536-1100. We're right back on 1100 KFNX. It's Talk Back Arizona with Bill Brady on 1100 KFNX. Let your voice be heard. To talk to Bill and all of Arizona, call 602-277-5369 in the Phoenix Metro. Statewide, call 866-536-1100. Good afternoon on this Tuesday afternoon. We are talking about uh, police dogs uh, as part of the whole law enforcement reform area. Uh, USA Today had a piece a few months back on an incident in Maryland where a woman was badly hurt when bit by a police dog. Uh, 
Will Bangora is with us. He is the uh, owner of Phoenix Dog Training Academy and also the host of Pet Talk Live on Saturday morning from 9 to 10 here on 1100 KFNX. Uh, I heard Will maybe a month or so ago, maybe a little, little longer than that, talking with another trainer. Uh, it was the most fascinating thing I had ever heard to uh, to hear you two guys talking about things from a trainer's perspective in regard to dogs. And I think there was something, it was either a, a whistle or something that was, there was some device that was able to be used. Clicker. With, uh, clicker. Clicker, yeah. clicker training, yeah. For marker training, yeah. Yeah, it was just, uh, just uh, fascinating. Let's move on to the uh, Phoenix case now where we have a, Maricopa County resident who is suing the Phoenix Police Department following his arrest, claiming officers improperly sicked a police dog on him that bit his head and left him with thousands of dollars in medical bills. Now, you haven't seen the police reports. I'm not going to ask you to uh, to go into specificity in regard to this this particular case here. But as you look at the, a scenario such as this, uh, what does it tell you? Again, poor training. Yeah. It, it, it all comes down to poor training. You know, um, most dogs will do a pretty good job if they've got the right training. Um, and you can even take dogs that don't necessarily have all the right stuff. And if you put enough training into them, um, you can do it. It's kind of like, you know, when we, we take a look at the accuracy rate, whether this dog should or shouldn't bite this individual or how they're biting, where they're biting, did they bite the right person? Um, think about athletes, okay? Think about the best of the best that are hitting the target every time, you know, the Michael Jordans and, and the, you know, the free throws that he could, you know, go one after another after another. Um, why? He practiced, he practiced, he practiced. He trained, trained, trained. He was in training constantly. Those that do best in sports usually work out the most, train the most. It's no different with any dog. No different with these canines in the police departments. And the first thing I want to say, though, and I should have said this to begin with, I have the utmost respect for police officers. I don't want people. My father is a retired police officer. Well, he's passed away, but, you know, I'm a son of a cop. So I have a lot of respect for police officers and the work that they do each and every day, putting their lives on the line. Um, I wouldn't want that. And and so they do an incredible job. And I know very few wake up each morning looking in the window or in the mirror saying, you know, I'm going to really screw somebody's day up today. No, they're, they're good people, um, but they're human and they make mistakes. And if their training isn't, where it needs to be. Well, then the dog's training is not going to be there. And how do we get there? Money. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do they say? Follow, follow the money, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, departments that have a big budget, they don't have as many problems. They don't have as many problems. Do, um, do we have with, uh, with some of these dogs, do we have multiple officers working with them that contributes to, uh, the dog being confused? Typically not. Once they're no. assigned to the canine handler, um, that dog is with them 24-7. They're in charge of feeding and taking care of their medical. Uh, they live with the handler at their home. So typically not. No. Now, uh, we're going to take a break here just so I don't get hopelessly behind. You understand that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, 
when we come back, I want to uh, want to ask you what the police dog is supposed to be trained to do and what the handler is supposed to be trained to do. We're back in a moment. Will Bangura is with us. He is the owner of Phoenix Dog Training Academy and the host of the Saturday program from 9 to 10 here on 1100 KFNX. Pet Talk Live. We're back in a moment. 20 before 6 on 1100 KFNX. Let your voice be heard. It's Talkback Arizona on 1100 KFNX. Call 602-277-5369 in the Phoenix Metro. Statewide, call 866-536-1100. Good afternoon. Bill Brady on the Pulse of Arizona, 1100 KFNX. Will Bangura is with us this afternoon. He is the owner of the Phoenix Dog Training Academy uh, and also the host of Pet Talk Live, Saturday mornings from 9 to 10 here on 1100 KFNX. We talked about the... The USA Today story in the Maryland case, we touched on the Phoenix case, uh, where, uh, Phoenix police, according to the Phoenix New Times headline, Phoenix police sicked a dog on a man that then bit the man's head, and there is now a lawsuit there, but, uh, if you read that piece, it's another one that comes back to training. Yeah, definitely, and, 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 you know, to the dog's defense, the, the assailant did go under a car. Pretty difficult to bite somebody under a car. I'm sure that head was probably sticking closest to one side, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. But that was one where probably based on the scenario and situation wasn't the best uh, time to deploy the dog. Yeah. Well, which all goes f- further into training. It's not only the trainer's ability to handle and command the dog in, say, the abstract. It's also a case of where the decision has to be made whether to deploy the dog at all in a given situation. Exactly. Being able to read what's going on in the environment, knowing uh, what cues are out there that could cause the dog to uh, behave in a way other than what you are hoping the dog's going to do. So when a police dog is trained and... Let me pose a pre-question to that. Are we, I think you answered this when you were talking about that there are basically three different specialties that they have. But when a police dog is trained, uh, what is the objective to the training? What are they exactly trained to do? Sure. So as I said earlier, there are uh, single, double, or triple purpose dogs. And the things that canines are typically trained in are patrol and bite work, apprehension. That's one. Two, um, scent work, um, narcotics, and, and explosives, typically. Um, and, and then three, uh, there are also, um, what was it? Narcotics. Oh, narcotics, one. Explosives, two. Yeah. The third one being patrol. Um, there are dif- typically search and rescue dogs. They're going to be doing that, just that. Okay. Um, but they've got to go through a very rigorous training. For example, when... Um, we train the dogs. They are, we try to have a lot of control and we send them after somebody. The dog gets in front of that person, doesn't bite, does a bark and hold where they're just in front of the assailant woof, 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 with an ominous bark. Um, and then that officer comes up as if he's going to go ahead and take that person into custody. But then that person uh, lifts their arm like they're going to hit somebody and takes off running. And the dog, as soon as that arm goes up, boom, 
goes and, and bites that individual. Um, in the training, we put in a lot of control in the dogs, you know, where we're stopping them right when they're in motion and they're in drive. And, and one of the things that didn't happen in that first case in Maryland is that she couldn't stop the dog. The handler could. Right. The canine yeah. handler was unable to give a command and stop the dog. Um, and, and like I said earlier, it comes down to training because if you're not training day in and day out in that high stress situation, um, with all those distractions and all of the stimulation that's going on around the dog, yeah, you're going to have problems. What types of dogs are we using for uh, various different police activities, and I'm, I'm guessing that when we get into like uh, uh, dogs that are involved in following a scent, that those are different breeds than would be the case with a standard police dog. Well, there are certain breeds that we tend to gravitate towards, but really, when it comes to the scent work, it's how much hunt drive does a dog have? You know, how willing are they to keep their nose down and keep searching for something without getting a reward? You know, what's their work ethic, you know. Um, but typically, you know, search and rescue, the bloodhounds tend to um, do the best there. Um, typically, when we're talking other than search and rescue or, or cadaver dogs, typically with most law enforcement, um, they're going to be having German Shepherds, Belgian Malinois. Uh, they may have um, some labs for uh, narcotics and explosive detection if, if they have that dog. Uh, not doing patrol work because a lot of labs, right? They're not going to be the best dogs for biting, right? But they can do really good with their nose. And if they've got a lot of hunt drive, labs hunt, they got a lot of hunt drive, then they're going to want to, they've got to work out that they're going to go, 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 go and never give up. Um, you know, we talk about um, airlines, TSA, you know, they might be using a little Jack Russell to get into little nooks and crannies mm-hmm. to, to uh, try to find narcotics or explosives. So, um these dogs but but typical canine dogs they're going to be trained in uh protection bite work okay they're going to be trained in uh scent work of some sort and they're going to have some obedience training in them okay now a uh, question totally out of left field you ready sure i'm ready how did you get into this profession <laughs> dad's a dad's a police officer sure, sure. Uh, and and i have to say that i am not expert in this and that's probably patently obvious but i think i'm pretty good at being able to evaluate people who have a pretty good command of their subject matter and you really know this stuff yeah. how did you get started on this? well that's that's an interesting story i don't know if i can do it in a quick little bit of time but basically um my dad was not a canine handler. He was a police officer. But what my dad did is he loved and he bred and he trained and he showed and competed with German Shepherds. Ah. Uh. Okay. And so all the protection sports, all the obedience. I, I, at, at the age of nine or ten, I mean, I'm, I'm starting to train dogs. I'm starting to compete in AKC uh, obedience trials. Um, and that was the thing. It was a big, big, big hobby for me. Um, then interestingly enough, because my education background and my initial career background is that of a therapist <laughs> dealing with people. Well, I soon learned that uh, I enjoyed dogs a whole lot more. 
Um, they were much more willing and motivated to do something. Um, <laughs> found that I really didn't have the patience uh, uh, to be a therapist. I was really good, but I just didn't have the patience. Um, so at that point, I didn't know what the heck I was going to do. Um, and I ended up going and working in a sales and marketing and advertising business. And I was very successful for this company. And after I was making them huge amounts of money and I was making gods of money, they decided that it would be in their best interest to let me go and hire somebody that they could pay a whole lot less money to <laughs> and give them the territory that I had built up over a decade. Yeah. At that point when I was let go, um, I realized that I was never going to work for another human being again, and I was going to work for myself, didn't know what I was doing. I was depressed. Uh, quite frankly, I was suicidal. And my dog came up to me and started licking me in the face. And that moment, there was like this flash. I'm like, okay, my past dog experience and training experience, everything I know about psychology and behavior, I want to work for myself, I'm going to start a dog training business. Okay, and that's what I did. And then I went and I continued my education specifically with dogs. I, I did uh, postgraduate work at uh, Harvard and canine cognition. Um, and then I went ahead and took a very specific niche into dogs with extreme fears, anxieties, aggression, um, because that's what I found that there were a lot of trainers that did well with your nuisance behaviors. But when we really were dealing with very, very difficult behaviors, um, they really didn't have the education and understanding of what to do. Now, I hear people call your program. Let me just mention for people who are just tuning in, Will Bangura is our guest. He is the owner of Phoenix Dog Training Academy and also the host of Pet Talk Live on Sunday mornings. Saturday. Saturday mornings. <laughs> we moved to Saturday. It you was did, Sunday. Didn't you? Yeah. Uh, Saturday morning from 9 to 10 uh, here on 1100 KFNX. In fact, let me do this. As long as I've set that up, let me go to the break, and then we come back, and, and we can uh, spend some, some time on a couple of topics, because I think just as everybody's got a pet question, a pet training question, uh, and I hear them calling into your shows, People also have a, a certain fascination with animals, especially with certain breeds of animals, and we will come back and get into that in just a moment. Let your voice be heard. It's Talkback Arizona on 1100 KFNX. Call 602-277-5369 in the Phoenix Metro. Statewide, call 866-536-1100. Good afternoon, five before six o'clock in our closing minutes with Will Bangura. Will is the owner of Phoenix Dog Training Academy and, uh, also the host of Pet Talk Live Saturdays from Saturdays. I got to write that time from nine to ten right here on 1100 KFNX. Um, I have about an hour's worth of questions and we have about five minutes. Uh, we were going to touch on, and I'm, I have had people who have asked, uh, in regard to humans, uh, about the toll that uh, COVID-19 is taking and people staying at home and being at home and being away from other people. Uh, let me just ask you a, a, a really open question. The role of pets in regard to COVID-19, uh, obviously they play a positive uh, part for people who are still at home, but uh, also hear about people giving up their pets. You know, 
it's a complicated issue and there's a lot and and when we look at covid and the different effects it's had on you know us humans and when we look at then the pets there's two things going on number one those people that have lost their businesses lost their jobs um and are in great uh financial straits we're getting a lot of surrenders a lot of dogs a lot of cats you know are being surrendered to the shelter um and it's heartbreaking you know uh, it's their best friend it's the one thing that they were relying on the most trying to get through this complete isolation and and you know their life is coming to an end because they have no money very sad you can't feed the dog in some cases you can't feed them exactly now on the other side there are so many people that are still working, working from home now, where they hadn't been before. We have seen probably one of the largest increases of uh, pet purchases and adoptions that I know that I've ever seen in my in my uh, lifetime. So um, hopefully, a lot of these dogs that are being surrendered, they're also getting adopted. But then we've got a whole nother issue, and those people that were spending a whole lot more time at home with their pet, the pets are getting such a strong bond with their owners mm-hmm. um, and because their owners aren't socializing with people they're getting a little enmeshed with the pet <laughs> okay um, and then when they have to go back to work we're finding a lot of these pets are having severe separation anxiety so there's a lot going on with it uh, final question uh, every now and then I'll hear from somebody that they are really uh, a friend in Florida who I think something happened when he was a kid, and he's now 70 years of age. He said, I'm just afraid of uh, dogs and animals. How do you deal with that? How do I deal with someone who's afraid? How can you deal with a a person who has that fear, and can it be corrected? Well, it would be like anything I would do with a dog that has a fear. We would do gradual and systematic desensitization, counterconditioning. We would have to start. I mean, this is a thing just like anybody would have a phobia. You know, So you get yourself a good therapist. And I don't train husbands, wives, or kids anymore. But... um, you would have to take that person far enough away from that dog and there would have to be something positive happening. And, and when they are at that far distance, once they get to a calm state consistently at that distance, day in and day out, they can be that far away from the dog, then they can move in a little closer. And then they've got to be able to be exposed at that distance until they're calm and then they can go a little closer. What we can't do is flood them and just toss them on um a dog you know and and just like any animal there might be some limitations where maybe they were just absolutely in a horrible panic attack at 50 feet they can get within 10 but by gosh they're not going to get any closer i i find what you do fascinating and uh, uh as i hear you describe the uh, the processes of, of training the dogs properly uh, there's a lot there. Will, thank you for uh, coming in. And, uh, thank today. you. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll look for you on Saturday morning from 9 to 10. Will Bangura, the owner of Phoenix Dog Training Academy, also the host of Pet Talk Live, Saturday mornings from 9 to 10 here on 1100 KFNX. Up next, we got the Sean Miller Basketball Coaches Show for the University of Arizona Wildcats. Sean and Brian Jeffries are coming up next. Uh, Joe Pags after that, followed by Lars Larson, and uh, a full night of talk radio right here on 1100 KFNX.